welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. I want to go straight into the scripture and read from Genesis chapter 2 and verse 16 and 17. And I'll read from 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for gathering us together around your word. Thank you for the privilege to be exposed to your your word of grace, the word of truth, the word of life, the word of faith, and the word of hope. As your word comes, we know you always send your word to heal us. Death has been defeated. And as your word comes, let life be introduced in every aspect of any life under the sound of my voice. So death will be paralyzed and life will surge again. Life will surge again by the power of your word, which is a word of life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise for the word today I want to talk about how and why Christians don't die. Christians don't die. Pastor, why are you saying Christians don't die? Because that's the fact. Oh, but I have an auntie who's a Christian. She's a Christian. She was a Christian. She died. Okay. Let's find out what happened to her. <laughs> In the, the earlier... But what I read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, particularly the verse 17, Bible talks about how God told Adam that there's a tree, there's a tree. If you eat of it, you will surely go. These are the words of God. You will surely, you will definitely die. You will die. Adam ate it. The devil said, God is lying. You will not die. Chapter 3, verse 5. The devil said, God is lying. You will not die. The day you eat of it, 
God knows that when you eat, you rather be better. You rather be better. That information technology will help you more. <laughs> and when when he uh, he, he saw that the f the tree was good for f food and pleasant to the tree that will make you wise, she took it and ate it and gave it to her husband as well, and they ate it. And what happened to them? They died, and the eyes rather. Isn't that what the devil said? <laughs> the, the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew they were naked. And they, they, they sewed uh, fig leaves together and made. So they covered themselves. They, they, were not, they rather realized their state. They lost their innocence. <laughs> they were no more innocent about the state they were in. So it, look, it seems like what God said didn't really happen. Man was not created to die. I believe that even science still finds death a bit of a mystery because when you are studying the human anatomy or the human nature itself, it looks like the body is supposed to rebuild itself, strengthen itself, recuperate. And so the body is not meant to die. You can should go on on. Why is it that it's just that we can't just go on? Because death came in. So when God said you would die, the first death was what we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, that uh, it says that, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay? When you study the Bible very carefully, you will always see death going together with sin. So sin, sin is the mother of death. Where there is no sin, there cannot be death. So when they sinned, by disobeying God and introducing themselves, exposing themselves to the wickedness of the devil, the devil sowed his nature into them, which is called sin. The nature of the devil, the poison of the devil was sown into them. And because they also disobeyed God and sinned, Adam sinned, guess what? Death came in. So death came on invitation. When sin came, sin, came, sin said, death, let's go. Because sin moves with death. James chapter 1 verse 15, it says that, and sin, when it has conceived, <laughs> and, sorry, and desire, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it's grown, you know, when sin grows, it grows beard. The beard of sin is dead. <laughs> Brother, is sin growing in you? Sister, is sin growing in you? Sin goes with death. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56 particularly, let's look at 56, we'll come to 55. It says, the sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin. So sin, uh, death needs sin to operate. The, the Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Sin always leads death. Sin is the forerunner of death. You cannot have sin and not have death. Sin is the forerunner of death. So you, sin will promise you a certain level of enjoyment like Eve saw that the fruit 
was good for food, pleasant to the eye, and a tree that one desires to make one wise. She saw that the tree was good for food. Say good for food. You know what I'm talking about. Sin looks always good. The tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eye. When you keep watching it, it's, it's nice. It's nice. When you look at this thing, it's so nice to look at. <laughs> pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. When you have it, it makes you look better than you. It seems to guarantee a change, of, a change in status. It seems to guarantee you or pro promise you a change in status. But all that is packaged to lead sin, uh, to lead death. So it's a packaging. Death comes in a package of attractions, things that appeal to you, things that you like. There is something inside you which Satan will always appeal to or use to kill you. So Bible says that sin introduced death to humanity. But they didn't die. Death started. It says that you were dead in your transgressions. So they became deadened to the nature or the, the human nature became deadened to, in their spirits to God. So that what happened is that and when death came, Death invaded not just the it starts with the spirit, but invaded the ent human entire human being. So your soul and your body now also becomes sub susceptible to death, and the entire human being and cause man it caused us to lose our function to to relate, to react, to contact God. Our function to contact God was dismantled. That is death. And it starts with the spirit. So when you sin, you are losing God and you are gaining death. The soul that sinneth shall die. Satan doesn't want the preachers to talk about sin. Because people are already struggling. It's the sin that is causing it. <laughs> Satan doesn't want preachers to talk about sin. So it has a way of bullying preachers to not to mention sin because uh, you, people are already going through so much, going through so much stress. It's the wages of sin. Yeah. The cause of death, the incipient death, is death has, has relatives or manifests in different, different ways. But ultimately in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. Death. Death is, became part of living. It's appointed unto men. You will die. But before you die, you are dead and you are dying. Unless you come to Christ. So look at this. Adam was meant to live permanently. But because death came, he lost his ability to contact God. The man lost his ability to have interactions with God. That's where death starts. And then invariably, it begins to catch up with your entire being. And then eventually, physically, man dies. 
death is actually not termination, it's separation. But I might not go too much into that. Now watch this. So, then you come to Genesis chapter 5. I like something in Genesis chapter 5. I just, just draw your attention. And it talks about how Adam and his generations, God created them. He spoke about, it's like he's re-echoing uh, the, the history of man. So God, the Bible begins to talk about the history of man, uh, the first few generations. And he mentions Adam. And then Adam had a child in his likeness after his image. In his verse 3, he called him Seth. And then, oh, that's the problem starts now. And the days of Adam after he got Seth was 800 years. And he begat sons and daughters. And what happened? And verse 5 says, And all the days of Adam he lived, Adam, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. Oh, no, what happened? He died. That's, that's where the problem starts. Verse 7, Seth lived. Someone say Seth lived. Set so lived. verse 7, Seth lived. Verse, verse 8, Seth and all the days of Seth. He lived, but the days were not unlimited. He lived and he died. Verse 8 says he, he died. Verse 10, Enos lived. Did you see that? And in verse 11, and the end of verse 7, and he died. Everybody was dying. Verse 12, Canaan lived. Verse 14, and he died. Verse 15, Mahalel lived. Verse 17, and he died. Verse 18, Jared lived. Verse 20, and he died. Then Enoch comes and God takes Enoch. Bible said by faith. He was the one. He lived by faith and faith excused him. But Methuselah comes, verse 25. Methuselah lived, verse 27, and he died. Verse 28, Lamech lived, and then verse 31, and he died. So everybody was dying. Why? Because Romans chapter 5, verse 12 explains it. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says that by one man, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Now, that word world is not talking about the cosmos or the galaxies, excuse me, it's talking about, and it's not talking, when the Bible says that, love not the world. It's not talking about the systems, but it's talking about peoples, the people, humanity, okay? So, for God, so, Roman, sorry, John 3, 16, for God to love the world. The world is not, then, obviously, the Bible says, love not the world. So, why did God love the world? No, this world is different from love not the world. Loving not the world is the system, the things Satan used to trick Eve that is pleasant for food, pleasure, and the things of the world. Bible says the devil showed Jesus Christ all the glories, the kingdoms of the world in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. He showed him the kingdoms of the world and the glories thereof and said, bow to me. But Jesus didn't love the world. But here, when he said God so loved the world, that world is humanity. John 1, 29 says that, that, that this, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of what? The, the sin of the world. That world is talking about humanity. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 again, it says that by one man, sin entered into the world. It's, humanity was introduced to sin. And guess what? How did death come in? Death came by sin. Okay. <laughs> Death operates by sin. 
You might think that you are enjoying. Leave me, let me live my life. Let me do. Sin is introducing death into your marriage. Sin is introducing death into your health. Sin is introducing death into your family. Sin is introducing death into your life. So Romans chapter 8, it says that, um, uh, uh, I think verse 13, said, he who, if you live by the carnality, you die. That guy said that if we live according to the flesh, you will die. <laughs> so, people are always dying. Death was not part of the deal from the beginning. And death was introduced. And the ultimate of, is first of all, spiritual death. Okay? You lose your function with God. Spiritual death. We lose our function to contact God. That's spiritual death. So anyone who is not in Christ cannot contact God. Simples. You doesn't matter how religious you are. Religion is man's way of trying to contact God. But we don't have in ourselves what it takes to contact God. Because God is transcendent. Is way beyond. Emmanuel is the imminent God. He has to take the step to come to us. Even though he was in the, in the form of God, did not count equality of God, something to grasp, but made himself of no reputation and became man. Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. Became man. So in the likeness, he came in a likeness. So God came on the earth. God came. He says that no man has seen the father, John, Chapter 1, verse 18. No man has seen the Father, but the only begotten of the, he, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the, he's so much one with the Father. He came, he came from the Father to declare the Father to us. When he came on earth, the Father was walking on earth. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 said, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the godly, uh, the Godhead bodily, physically, at the entirety of the Godhead. That is what Satan does not like. And strange religions, this is one thing they hate. The reason why they kill Jesus is because of this. Because, <laughs> I feel like preaching. The reason why they killed Jesus is because he introduced and he spoke the truth. That listen, I'm in the Father. The Father is in me. I and the Father, John 10, 30, are one. We are so much one. John chapter 14, verse 9, he said, Have I been so long with you and you don't know me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. In John chapter 8, he told them that I can't lie like you. If I say I don't know him, verse 54. So if I say, 53, 54, if I say, yeah, 53, John 8, 53, if I say I don't know him, I will be a liar like you, but I know him. I came from the father. The, they wanted Jesus. Oh my goodness. Yes, listen, he says that, look at the, 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 the verse before, I will show you something. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is the Father who honors me, watch this, of whom you claim, you are saying he's your God. Oh, you say he's your God, he's honoring me, and you want to kill me? Something, something wrong. There's something wrong. You don't, if, God, if you knew him, you won't attempt to kill me because he's honoring me. By manifesting himself in me, he is with me. And you say he's your God? That means that you are lying. 
He is not your God. So in the, in the first place, you are lying because you claim he's your God. He's honoring me. Look at 55. 55 says, verse 55 says that, yet you, you have not known him, but you say he's your God, but you don't know him. And, but if I, uh, uh, but I, I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his, I know God. He is with me. I am in him. So Jesus said, I can't say otherwise. And so as the conversation went on, they said, are you claiming you are better than Abraham? Abraham, our father. He said, listen, what you are talking about? Abraham saw my days and he was glad. He said, Abraham, no, not this one, verse 56. And uh, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my days and he was, he saw it and was glad. They said, you are not even yet 50 and you are claiming Abraham uh, you, you are 50, and you have seen Abraham. He actually said Abraham saw his days. This is but he said, you have seen Abraham. And Jesus said, what is big? Before Abraham, I am. That means I am God. When he claim, he's claiming to be God is what made them kill him. The next verse said, they pick up stones to kill him. They took stones because he said, they took up stones and t- to throw at him. But Jesus had to leave the, the territory. They want, the reason why they kill him, because they said, he make you be mad. Man, make it yourself equal with God. But the fact that I'm saying is, Jesus is God who has actually become man. Watch this. This is very important. God, the, the conundrum yesterday at Outreach, there was a gentleman who was, who was saying that, how can Jesus be God? You are trying to say that. I mean, how can he? See, that's the conundrum. And Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. First Timothy chapter, chapter 3. Great is the mystery of godliness. God became flesh. Verse 16, without control. Great is the mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. That's not the problem is. For religion. How can you say God is man? How can you say God, the creator becomes a creature? It's a conundrum. It's a mystery. Man will try and get his head around it. It can never. So God becomes man. How? But why would God become man? Why? Because sin has entered man. And death is killing man. So, now, and you can't, you can't relate with God. So, watch it. Because we were disconnected with God in our spirits, God has to institute a system for a, a particular group of people who will keep his presence and his activities on earth. So, because without human beings, God cannot operate on earth. So he needed a group of people called the Jews and to relate with them. But they are so sinful, he has to find a way of overlooking or covering their sins. He doesn't overlook sin. Covering their sins temporarily so he can deal with them. Because with, when sin comes, God goes. When sin comes in, God is inactivated. You inactivate God when, you, when sins come. So God has to find a way of suppressing or covering the sins so he can be dealing with them as though the sins did not exist. Because 
earth this the engagement of God so that earth will still uh, retain some levels of blessing and Satan cannot overrun everybody. And so God formed a people called the Jews through whom he kept his activities alive and he gave them so for him for them to relate with him he had to give them a system of related to him. So the law of Moses did not come from man. It came from God because the law is holy. According to Romans chapter 7, the law, verse 13 there, he said, the law is holy. The law is pure. There's nothing wrong with the law. Therefore, the law is holy and the commandments are holy, just and good. So it is good. So what is the problem? God gave the law because it came from him. So through the law, man can re- find a way of relating to him temporarily until the issue of sin is permanently dealt with because without sin being dealt with death will reign and so God gave them the law but guess what there's a personality in man called sin who took advantage of God's law and used it rather to produce more death. People killed quickly. So Bible says in Romans 7, 9, and it's very interesting, 9 and 11, it talks about how I was alive without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Verse 11, it says that for sin, taking occasion, by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. So he says the commandment is good. The law is good. So what is the problem? 14 says that I am a man. So he said, for I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So because sin has, sin has become my master, sin has become my master, anything God tries to even do with me, so long as the law is concerned, sin to, seems to be reigning. Sin became a problem and death was reigning. So in Romans chapter 5 again, verse 12, it talks about how death reigned. Death actually was reigning. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and death spread to all men because all sinned. So death spread to all men. That is why Lamech lived but died. That is why Methuselah lived but died. That is why Enos lived but died. That is why uh, um, um, Noah lived but died. That is why Jared lived but died. That is why Canaan lived but died. They were just dying. Enos lived but died. They were just living but died. Lived but died. We were supposed to live and continue living. But they lived and died. They lived. What was the problem? Sin came in and death was now ruling. Death passed on to all men. So death has become the problem. Death has become the problem. And the law which was meant to help man relate with God, because we are so sin, sin inside us was even using the law to make us look so sinful and that. So Bible says the law came that sin might abound. Make us look so sinful. So in Romans chapter 7 verse 20, 24, it talks about, I am sold under sin. No, it said, uh, 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 the body of, who will deliver me from this body of death? This body of death, death has taken over. Death has taken over. Death has taken over. And it starts with death, deadness. Our spirits, we become deadened towards God. So deadness in, is introduced when, because of sin. And then it, eventually physical death catches up. 
So death has always reigned. Death has always been around and people kept dying. People kept dying. People kept dying. And the greatest enemy of man is death. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 26 talks about how the, uh, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. So the, death is the last enemy. The, actually, the ultimate. The ultimate enemy of man is death. That is why every human being anywhere in the world fears death. And the coronavirus was killing people. And so at the, at the cost of commerce, at the cost of national economies, lockdown had to be introduced. Even though nations, cities, people were losing money, it was necessary to save life at the cost of money, at a high cost. Because money, what is money if you are dead? What is money to you when you are dead? You don't need it. And so it's cost, it cost the global economy trillions. But why? Everybody, we have to fight this death. We have to fight this thing called coronavirus that is killing people, taking, taking away people's breath. Why? Because the life is important and death is an enemy. We have to fight death. But we've been fighting death and have never been able to overcome. But I have good news for you that the Christian has overcome death. What do you mean? That is where we are going. And so now, death was destroying lives. Death had become... The, the, the biggest, the biggest enemy, the biggest challenge of man, the biggest thing we fear is death. The biggest thing everybody fears is death. No one will say, death is okay for me. No one. Even people who want to commit suicide sometimes are careful. It's when they, are, they lost all hope. They say, well... Uh, let me just, because everything is gone, let me embrace the ultimate then. But death, if life is going on, you don't want to die. Who wants to die? People who want to die is because of hopelessness. It's not, nothing, there's nothing. Like, actually, most people who embrace death die before embracing death because there's no sense of living. I'm giving But the point I'm making is that death is, has become the ultimate terrorist. That's why terrorists use death. Because yeah. if they're using death, man, everybody must be careful. So ultimate terrorist of humanity is death. The ultimate terrorist of humanity is death. Death. And so Bible says that Jesus Christ, uh, this is where the thing is kicking in now. Since his brethren were flesh and blood, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. And 15, look at what it says. Since we were flesh and... Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, that's we, the children of God, we have partaken of flesh and blood. He himself, talking about Jesus himself, in the same, likewise, shared in the same. He also became physical, human nature. He took on the human... God had to take on the human nature for a purpose. That, why did he take on the human nature? That through death, he will destroy the devil who has the power of death. Okay, so he became human being so as to die because God has not got sin and so he cannot die. But sin is in the flesh. 
So if you partake of the flesh, you can die. Ah, I'm saying that again. God cannot die because there's no sin in God. But death, the flesh has become infested and sin has checked in. In fact, when you read Romans chapter 7, it personifies sin. Chapter 7 verse 9 it says that Romans chapter 7, verse 9, chapter 7, verse 11, chapter 7, verse 17, chapter 7, verse 20. It's, it's all the, so look at chapter 7, verse 9. It says that uh, sin revived. Ah, sin revived. It's like a personality revived. Look at verse 11. So sin takes occasion of the commandment and sin can deceive. No, 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 that's not an action. That's a personality. Sin, de- sin revived. Sin deceived. Sin said, uh, Romans chapter 6 verse 14, said, sin shall no longer have dominion. So, oh, so sin uh, it revives. It, it, can, it can deceive. It can have dominion. It can be active. That's it revived. It can, it, can also, it, it can also cause you to be, act against your will. Chapter 7 verse 17. Sin can make you act against your will. So it's not just act. But now... It is no longer I who do it, but sin that is living in me. Verse 20. Verse 20 says that, now, if I do what I will not do, it's against my will. It is no longer I, but sin. So now, this is, sin has taken authority in the flesh. So it is not, it's a nature of the devil more than an action now. So it's different from sins. This why sin becomes a personality. So that anyone who partakes in the flesh will also have sin to a certain degree trying to reign. But Jesus took part of the flesh and guess what? He condemned in Romans chapter 8. Oh, I feel like preaching. In Romans chapter 8 verse 3. What the law of God, because he was trying to relate with man, he gave the law. But the Lord will actually die more because we can't keep up to the standard of God. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. There's a problem with the flesh. What's the problem of the flesh? Sin lives in the flesh. It was weak through the flesh. God did it by himself, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful, see, see, see the word, sinful flesh. That phrase, sinful flesh. So he came like sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned, he condemned sin in the flesh. No one has been able to do this. Because he condemned sin in the flesh. He now said, I have I've lived a sinless life, even though I still had the flesh. I, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, and yet was able to condemn sin in the flesh. And you know what he did? Now I've condemned sin in the flesh. I had to do the ultimate purpose for which I came. He had to go to the cross. So, Hebrews chapter 2 again, verse 14. Since... Thank you, Jesus. The children have been partakers of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, the devil. And look at the verse 15. And release. Hallelujah. This is the key word. Release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. When you are Christian, you have been released. From the fear of death. Yeah. You have been released from the fear of death. Because 1 huh, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 56. He said, verse 55, let's go to 55. 55 says, Oh death, where's your sting? 
oh grave, where is your victory? Then he goes, says, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of the sin, of sin is the law. You see the law thing I mentioned. But look at verse 54. I think we should go to it. But thanks be to God. 54 says, 54. So when incorruptible shall put on, corruptible shall put on incorruption. And mortality shall put on immortality. Then shall, the, the, then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written, death has been swallowed up in victory. <laughs> death has been swallowed up in the victory. Not where we die. Whilst we are on earth, death has been swallowed up in victory. That's where we are going. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Death and all incipient death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. How did that happen? Because Jesus Christ, first of all, condemned sin in the flesh. And when he, when he condemns sin in the flesh, now some of you will get something in a minute. You, you will understand. The reason why Jesus, when he said I ha- he has to go to Jerusalem, Matthew chapter 16, from verse um, 20 downwards, he said from that time forward, 21, 22, 23, he began to tell them the Son of Man has to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the, uh, from the elders and the chief priests. And what? And what? Be killed. And be killed. Peter took him aside and started rebuking him. You can't go and die. Ah! So Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Because you are just talking like man. You don't know the program of God. Because the main reason why Jesus came on earth is not to just condemn sin in the flesh, but to die. Why must he come and die? Because death is our ultimate enemy. But some of us must be released from the the sting of death. Uh, Must be released from the power of death, from the terrorism of death, from the fear of death. That makes us subject to bondage. He came to release his sons. He came to release his brethren. And so Jesus of necessity had to die. He had to die. His dying was not a, um, uh, was not martyrdom. His dying was dealing with the the one who had the power of death, which was which was the devil, and he he overcame death. Now let's see what happened. This is going to be a bit more serious. I would like us to go to John first, and then we will come. Now look at John chapter. Um, 11, verse 25 and 26. This are the, uh, when Lazarus died, and Martha came to Jesus. And Martha said, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. <laughs> he wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, don't worry, your brother will live again. And then Martha got theological. He said, I know at the resurrection. I know that he will rise again at the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, me. The one talking to you, I am the resurrection. <laughs> you are not waiting for a day. Once I come, resurrection has come. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Watch this, watch this. Don't miss this. Christians, don't miss this. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Now, that, that, that's, that's the mystery. 
Though he may die, he shall live. Once you put your faith in Jesus Christ, there is a certain hold of death that cannot have you. Physically, you might cease to be, but you are actively alive as anybody. Alive and life is thriving. Because death is not termination, it's separation. So you physically have been separated. You have been separated from the physical world. Through your, you need physical body to exist on this earth. So when your body, you leave your body, you can't exist on this earth. That is why when God wanted to exist on this earth, he needed a body. He had to clothe himself with humanity. He clothed himself with humanity. And he looked so much like us, they missed him as God. If he came as God, no one could have said hello. Because everybody would be falling. Anywhere he goes in there, they'll be falling. So that's why the, on the Mount of Transfiguration, just an iota of his godness burst forth through his humanity. Matthew chapter 17 from verse 3 downwards. It burst forth through his humanity and the, the disciples, Peter, James, and John couldn't stand. They fell. They fell because the fear, it was so radiant. They were so afraid. Now, can you imagine if he was walking on earth like that? How many people, he said, let the children come to me. They will run from him. No one can go. So God couldn't, we couldn't have encountered God in his godness. So he had to come to us in our madness. Ah, ah, that's the Christian gospel. Jesus came to us. God came to us in the form of a man. And that is anytime you hear the word Jesus Christ, he's talking about God captured in the flesh. God captured, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's why before Abraham, he was, but he wasn't existing in flesh, but he has always been, because he's the God of Abraham, he's the God of David, he's the God of all creation, so he came on earth to come and deal a fatal blow to the ultimate enemy of man, which is death, but the sting of death is sin. So he first of all has to overpower sin in his flesh so that now he can die sinlessly. Hey, 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 he can die without sin. And then death, in, in death, he said, now you death finally have taken hold of you. He overpowered death. Now watch this, watch this. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, Though he dies, he will live. And watch this. Look at the next verse. And whosoever lives and believes in me. Hey! So why won't believers die? Do you believe this? That's Jesus' words. Do you believe this? He who believes in me, he who lives and believes in me shall never. Never means never. Never means never, shall never die. So pastor, so Christians are supposed to never die. Yes, but people are dying. They are not dying. They are not dying. Hey, we can't die because we are believers. We can't die. We check out, but we don't die. We sleep. Paul puts it this way. I write to you concerning, so you don't sorrow over those who sleep. It's First Thessalonians chapter. Chapter 4, verse 16. Writing these things to you. So 
concerning those who sleep, he used the word sleep, 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 sleep. Because believers don't die. They fall asleep. How many of us are afraid to fall asleep? No. No. <laughs> Sometimes you look for it. Some of you, I know. Sometimes you can't wait to go to bed. Yeah. You, you've had a long day. And you, you say, ah. I miss my bed. How many of you sometimes miss your bed? Sometimes you actually miss your bed. And so he said, I miss my bed. I can't wait to go and sleep. Huh? I can't wait. You can't wait to sleep? Yes. Why? Because it's good for me. I, I'm tired. I just want to sleep. And then when I'm going, you're going to sleep. What do you say? Good night. Why good night? Because I'll say good morning if you are. I'll say good morning. So we bid our believers who depart, we bid them good night. Wow. We bid them good night. Wow. Not really bye. No. You don't say bye to mom when you are going to your room to sleep. Mom, I'm going to bed. Bye-bye. No, you don't do that. You don't you say good night. You kiss your daughter. You kiss your son. You kiss your child. Good night. Then you pull the cover over her, over him. Good night, baby. And then in the morning... Good morning, mommy. Good morning, daddy. We sleep. We fall asleep. Why? One, two things I want to draw attention to. Why don't we die? And what is the dif- Watch this. This is very important. What is the difference between the believer in departing this earth and the unbeliever in departing? So uh, two people are dying. Let's, okay, what we all say scientifically are dying. One is a believer. The other one is not a believer. Is there a difference? Is there a difference? They all, let's say, they, were, uh, they all had sickness. They were in hospital. Let's say terminally ill, whatever. And then they all died at the, the same day. Is there a difference? Because if it's cancer that killed this one, it's also cancer that killed this one. It might be the same cancer, but there is a massive difference between the way a belie- when a believer is dying and when an unbeliever is, is dying. There is a massive difference. The difference is as massive as day and night. Wow. That's why Jesus said, if you don't believe I am here, you will die in your sins. You don't have to die in your sins. Because sin is actually going to kill you properly. But if you don't have sins, you won't die. You continue to live. You just sleep. Okay, how do you fall asleep? Now watch this. This is very important. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, <laughs> verse 8 <laughs> and 9. <laughs> and then the real thing is verse 10. Verse 8 says, don't be ashamed of me, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now me is prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. The next verse, who has saved us, God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us, where? In Christ Jesus, how long ago? Before time began. So we were called and given grace and God's purpose before time began. We were called and given grace and God's, uh, we were called according to God's grace and purpose in Christ Jesus before time began. Before, in Christ Jesus, before time began. But when Christ came, all these things that were given to us, that were done, accomplished by God, before time began, were manifested. So he said, in Christ Jesus, before time began, verse 10, which 
but it's now revealed, another translation say manifested, by the appearing, manifestation, appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. What did he do? Who did what? What did Jesus do? Can you see that? Look at it. Jesus did what? Abol Excuse me. I know you haven't noticed that. Jesus abolished death. Huh? Yeah. That's why he said, if you live and believe in me, you won't die. Why? Because I have abolished death. Jesus has abolished. Another translation says he has annulled. He's neutralized. He's nullified death. Who has annulled death and made death of no effect? No, death has lost its power. Jesus came to abolish death. Excuse me. He didn't only come to die for our sins. He came to abolish death. He came to abolish death. He came to abolish death. He came to... Ab what does it mean to abolish? Render useless. Render non-effective again. Abolish another way. It's no more allowed. <laughs> it's banned. He, death is not allowed for the Christian. De oh, you are not getting me. I said death is not allowed for the Christian. It's disallowed. It has been abolished. Slave trade was abolished. And so if you try and engage in slave trade, you are breaking an international law. If you, if you try and enforce death on a Christian, you are breaking a cosmic eternal law. It's, it's, it's unacceptable and it doesn't work. Christians cannot die. Christians don't die. Christians don't die. Christians don't die. Because Christ has abolished death. Oh, and look at this. He didn't just abolish death. He brought, hey, hey, he brought life. Hallelujah. He introduced life, and not only life, and immortality to light through the gospel. Do you know what immortality, immortality is? Undyingness, undying. The ability to not die. <laughs> the ability to not die, which scientists have been looking for, it has already been brought <laughs> by Jesus Christ to light. He's brought it to life. In other words, he has activated it. He has made it a reality. He brought inability to die, undyingness, my own coin words, undyingness, not dyingness. He brought it to reality. He brought it to light. When they say the evil or some of the injustice that were done has been brought to light. Now it has been uncovered. People can now see that this thing is real. Now Jesus brought life not just life, but immortality to light. How? Through the gospel. Hmm. Jesus brought life and immortality to that life. But before he did that, he had to abolish death. That is why Satan wanted to stop him in a way from going to the cross through Peter. And Jesus took it very personal and very serious. He turned to Peter and rebuked him. What do you mean by I can't die? What do you mean by I can't go and die? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. That's why when he was arrested, Pontius Pilate, he said, listen, I have power to kill you. He said, no, no, you can't kill me unless it's given to you. <laughs> Jesus said, I laid down my life. In John chapter 10, verse 18, he said, I laid down my life and I pick it up again. <laughs> like the way you remove your shoes and put your feet back in it. He said the same. 
is that I lay down my life myself and I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. And in John, he told Pontius Pilate, you can't kill me if it hasn't been given to you. You can't kill me. And he, he says that you have to do it. The greater is the, one who, the sin of the one who delivered me to you. You, you have to do your job because Jesus had to die. He said, you, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has greater sin. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. The, but, then Pilate said, are you not uh, speaking to me? I'm asking Answer me. Don't you know that I have power to crucify you? He said, look at you. Look at you. <laughs> he wasn't talking, so this man said this foolish thing. He said, let me tell you, excuse me. Let's set the record straight. You can't kill me. <laughs> you cannot kill me. <laughs> you cannot kill me. You can't. You don't have what it takes to kill me. I lay down my life and I pick it up. <laughs> Do you know why I said you can't kill me? Because I sin, there's no sin in me. <laughs> there is no sin in me. There is no sin in me, so you can't kill me. <laughs> I will have to lay down my life, and because there is no sin in me, watch this, watch this, because there is no sin in me, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 24, it, said, it was not possible that the grave should hold him. <laughs> For, because it was not possible, because there's no sin in him. <laughs> There's no sin in him. <laughs> There's no sin in him. In Acts chapter 4 also, it talks about how uh, you will not suffer your holy one to see corruption. Huh? Me, me, holy. Holiness and corruption don't go together. Oh. You see what sin is doing against you. Even though you are born again, you are entertaining sin. He, the soul that sinner shall die. It's killing a lot of potential in you. You are believing God for breakthrough, but instead you are getting breakdown. Why? Why? And he said the pastor's prayer is not strong enough. It doesn't need pastor's prayer. It needs your holy cooperation. All right, let's go back to the text. So Jesus Christ abolished death and brought life. I like this text so much. Never forget this text. It's so Christian. It's so Christian. It's so Christian. Unbelievers can't understand this because they don't know what we are talking about. They don't have a working knowledge of what we are talking about. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't understand these things. You can't, it's not, it's not academic exercise. <laughs> it's, not, it's enlightenment, spiritual, spiritual insight. We are dealing with spiritual insight. You're also talking about information. This is not information. This is revelation. This is revelation. You can, do a, you can be a theological uh, uh, guru <laughs> and do any kind of research. You won't find it because your eyes have been covered. Satan has blinded the eye, the minds of those who believe. But, but listen to this. So Christ has brought, has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. That is why he says that then the saying shall be true. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 says that mortality has been swallowed up by immortality. It's in the Bible. It says that so then corruption has put on incorruption. And this mortality has put on immortality. How did it come? Because Jesus brought immortality, non-dying, not dyingness. He brought it to light. So then because of the cross, when you are in Christ, there is an immortality, immortality that has been, that has been introduced into you. That is why John, John 11, 26 says that he who lives and believes in me shall never die, shall never die because he came to abolish death. 
abolish death. Now, I submit to you, when he said, shall never die, that phrase, that he said, shall never die, another way of putting it is, shall not taste death. Actually, some translations put it, will not taste death. John, I'm talking about John chapter 11, verse 26. He said, he who believes in me, he who lives and believes in me, shall never die. Another word is, another way of putting it is, shall never taste death. What does that mean? Let's go back to John chapter 8, verse 51 to 53. I think let's go back to John 8. This is, this is Jesus. Most assuredly I say, most assuredly I say unto you, if anyone keeps my word, excuse me, what did you say? Keeping your word will do what? You shall not see death. Oh. 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 If anyone, anyone means anyone. Doesn't matter your past. If you can keep my word, another way of saying keep my word is believe in me and live by my word. He shall never see death. Look at the next verse. Okay, before we, I will go back to that. Before I come to the next verse, I think this scripture just popped in my spirit. Let's go to it. John chapter 5, verse 24. John 5, 24. Most assuredly I say unto you, he who hears my words and believes in him who, who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. <laughs> you have crossed. You have changed level, though. Hey, sister... Being born again is not about getting new shoes. Mm -hmm. No, 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 come on. It's not about I'm getting married. Come on, those things are just petty. The key things of life, you have changed levels. <laughs> you have changed, what? Serious level. From life, from, sorry, from death to life. You have passed from death to life. Anyone who is not, it's already dying. That's why death has grips over anyone who is not in Christ. Death is reigning. Death is reigning. Death is reigning. Because you are not in Christ. But if once you come in Christ, you change level too. Ah, let me say it like some African man will say, ah, 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 Oga, Abi, you change, your, your level don't change. Your level, not, not level, your level, your level don't change. Ah, Oga, your level don't change. I'm telling you, you are born again. Don't feel sorrowful. Don't feel sorrowful because your level don't change. Now, because God told Adam, the day you eat it, you will die. Eve even repeated the same thing. Said, God said, if you eat it, you will die. Three, three. Genesis 3, 3. The day we eat it, you will die. Eve repeated. God said the day we eat it. But they ate it the day they didn't die. Why? Because the death started from their spirit, disconnection from God. In the same way, life starts from your spirit, connection, reconnection to God. And then with time, it begins to catch up with every aspect of your life. Every aspect of your life is catching up. Every now, your marriage. Your, it's, but how can you get that? There are people who have come to church and they want what life brings, but they don't have life. Hey, how, how the hell is that going to work? How? How can, you, how can you make babies with your dead girlfriend? Oh. Or your dead boy? No, it can't happen. So the person must live first. Yeah. It must live first. People have come to church, they want the breakthrough, prosperity, financial favor, a miracle. They want that one, but they don't want the Christ and the Lordship of Christ. But the thing, the thing starts with life. When you pass to life, then all other aspects of your life begin to experience Zoe, the life of God. I feel like preaching. The life of God. The life of God. Now, Jesus said you have passed from death 
to life. Now let's go back to John chapter 8, verse 51. If you keep my word, you shall never see death. Then the Jews said, you see, we know you have a devil. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Don't worry when preachers are being blasted. Because Jesus, in fact, they, they said he had a demon by Jewish authorities, people who had the law of God. They said, Jesus, so don't worry if some theologians, someone who calls himself a theologian, calls himself a bishop, calls himself a prophet, and is blasting someone who is expounding God's word in truth. So all these people are charlatans. Are charlatans. Are charlatans. And you, you are, even though you, you claim not to be charlatan, you are leading more people to hell. You are leading, it's a sign that you are actually a chief Capital charlatan. <laughs> you are not even just a charlatan. You are, you are 419. Fake. F fraud. <laughs> All right. So, in fact, Jesus said that Pharisees, I think in Matthew 23, he said, you go heaven and earth, nothing is, to convert people, to make them children or son, children of the devil. Can you imagine? Say, woe to you, Matthew chapter 23, I think, Matthew 23 or so. Woe to you, you Pharisees, you scribes and Pharisees. You, can, you go heaven and earth or at any length to convert a person with them and you make them sons of the devil. Yeah. So sometimes you can be, look like you are a priest or you are a pastor, you are a bishop for God, but you are making many, you are raising more sons of devils. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is won, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. <laughs> Alright, and, and because of my time, let's go back to the key point. Um, so, verse 52, they said he has a devil. Abraham is dead. The prophets are dead. Was it true? Yes. Why was Abraham dead? Because our, all men were dying because of sin. Bible says, as we read again, Romans chapter 5 verse 12, death came upon all men because of one man's sin. Because of one man's obedience, sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus death spread to all men. So Adam died. They were dying. As I showed, they lived and then they died. They lived. Abraham too came, lived and died. Moses came, lived and died. Everybody was dying. All the prophets, even though they were mouth mouthpieces of God, they still died. So this, this Jews were saying to Jesus, Abraham died and the prophets died. And you, if you are saying, if anyone, anyone keeps your word, you shall never, you shall never what? They use the right word. There are people who have never tasted alcohol. Some people who have never tasted wheat. They've never tasted some things. They don't know how it feels like. They don't some people have never tasted divorce. They don't have, do not know how it feels like. Some people have never tasted poverty. They don't know what it means, like Prince William. He mm -hmm. can never know what it means to be poor. If he tries to speak for the poor, he doesn't even know what it really means to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who have never tasted some things. Now watch this. You, Jesus, are saying anyone who believes in you, they will not taste death. But death is a common commodity for all men. How come you say anyone who believes in you will not taste death? You have a devil. You have a demon. And then look at what Jesus said. In next verse. He said, are you, uh, so, so they said, are you greater than our, uh, our father Abraham, uh, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? Excuse me. Who do you think you are? Hmm. Well, what are 
are these on? Is it when, so when you go and preach Jesus, people, some, some people get offended. What, excuse me, why are you telling me this nonsense about this Jesus? Oh, you're making some. Yeah, he is. He is. Who do you make yourself to be? Abraham died. Abraham is the patriarch, the patriarch of the Jews. He died. And this great, great prophet, who, through whom God has sustained his move on this earth, through the Jews, in the Jews, among the Jews, they are dead. You just came. We know how you were born. A carpenter's son. You are coming to tell us that anyone who believes in your word should not taste death. Excuse me. You have a devil. But why did he say that? He meant it. You won't taste death. That's, I'm, I'm ending now. Christians are not meant to taste death. Why? You, don't, you won't know how death feels. Let me quickly finish. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. It says that, but now we see Jesus. We see Jesus. We see Jesus. Who for the purpose of death, for the suffering of death, was made, was, uh, 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 now we, we, who was made a little lower than the angels? Why? For the suffering of death. Okay. So the reason why he, was, he became human, so he can die. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might, might do what? Test death for everyone. That's why I said, if you are in Christ, you won't test death because he has tested. Do you know? Do you see how Jesus died? He, 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 they, they beat him. His death was brutal. So that when you are in Christ, the difference between the cancer patient, Christian cancer, pa cancer patient, and unbeliever cancer patient, when they are all dying, the difference is that the unbeliever, ow, 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 the believer, wow. he just falls asleep. He's not, he just, you won't, you actually, the, the grimness, the, the wickedness, the terror of death, you will never taste it if you are in Christ. It doesn't matter how they try to kill you. You won't taste it. You will just check in and sleep. How many of you have fallen asleep before? Do you, do you are you threatened to fall asleep? You are sitting there by the time you realize. Sometimes you can be driving and you see you are even dozing off. You are, you are in church. As I'm preaching, somebody might be dozing off. You know? it's not, yeah, that's how. We just slip into sleep. We slip into. So when the believer is dying, not, not, nothing dramatically terrifying. No. Because what Jesus has tested death. For all of us. He tested death. That's why he came. He came, Bible says that, for, for the, he, he was made little lower than angel. For the suffering of death. That he might test death. Hallelujah. Amen. Test death. For everyone. That everyone doesn't mean humanity. It means those who are in him. That's why I say, if you believe in me, you will never taste death. You will why? Because I have tasted it. I have tasted it for you. And I've quenched its power. The victory of death has been taken. So he says, as in Adam all die, so in Christ. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. So in Christ all shall live. You shall live. You shall live. You are not dying. Christians don't die. Christians just slip into sleep. They slip into sleep. They fall asleep. Christians fall asleep. Unbelievers are the ones who taste death. A Christian. I heard a story of one guy who doctors told him he has a week to die. He's a strong Christian. He was going through treatment and afterwards they said he got a week to die. He wrote letters and he went home. He wrote letters to all his loved ones years ago and he said, everybody come. Family, loved one, come. Come and see how a Christian dies. It's so sweet. He wasn't afraid of death. They came. He died so sweet and peacefully. He went. Because for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. 
Death is no more a threat. Death is no more a threat. He who believes in me shall never see death, shall never taste death. And he said, do you believe in this? Now it's up to you. That's what shows whether you're a real believer or not. Do you believe in this? When you're a Christian, you don't taste death. Christians don't die. Christians don't die. Christians don't die. Because death has been conquered by our forerunner, Jesus, who is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, who is a high priest by the commandment of an indestructible life, by a com- Hebrews 7.16, by a commandment of an indestructible life. 7.25, Hebrews 7.25, he said, we have a high priest, since he ever liveth to make his, because he doesn't die, he ever liveth. He's a forerunner. He's made a high priest by the commandment of an endless life, indestructible life, an indestructible life, according to the law of flesh. But he, verse 16, one who has become high priest on the basis of a regulation, uh, 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 but, but Jesus, on the basis of a power of an, end, on, uh, it's an endless life, indestructible life, he's got it. And when we come into him, we have that life. He says that he who, believe, he who lives and believes in me, he shall never die. He who believes in me, though he dies, he's still alive. For he didn't die. Christ has tasted death. He said, if you believe in my words, you will never see death. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.